I'm Wanda Lau, Editorial Director of Smart Buildings Technology. The marriage between security technology and connectivity can provide service and relevant future-ready access solutions. Security technology can operate in isolation or intersect with property management platforms. According to global access and security company Dormacaba, which is sponsoring this podcast episode, multi-housing properties can offer an excellent model for best practices in the security technology and connectivity relationship. Today, I'm speaking about this relationship with Tom Bowles, a Philadelphia-based global vertical market solutions manager for multi-housing at Dormacaba. Tom is also a member of the Security Industries Association PropTech Advisory Board and has worked in security and access solutions for nearly 25 years. Welcome to the Smart Buildings Technology Podcast, Tom. Thank you. Uh, Glad to be here. For the purposes of our conversation today, how are you defining multi-housing? So for multi-housing and Dormacaba specifically, uh, we transverse several vertical uh, markets with our multi-housing solutions. Obviously, the first is market rate housing, which has been uh, on a very good uh, uptick in terms of of new construction and building as of late. So market rate, uh, three-story plus, uh, all the way up to high rise. Um, So uh, multi-housing in its prototypical form uh, is just that market rate. And sometimes what you can do is A, B, and C, sometimes um, uh, a lower rate rate of, of housing, but that's prototypical. We also include off-campus student housing or privatized student housing within multi-housing. We also consider uh, aging in place as multi-housing. Um, many of, the, uh, of, our, of our residents today move from a, uh, a multi-housing, a prototypical market rate multi-housing property into an aging in place property that may be 55 and older and allows you to uh, transition from uh, self uh, care to managed care and then probably maybe even memory care after that. Uh, so the fact that it has similar efficiencies and needs, we also include aging in place um, in our multi-housing definitions. Additionally, we also consider some government housing, uh, on-base housing as multi-housing. If you consider where our our forces are housed on base, a lot of those needs are identical to what you see in the real world uh, outside of the bases. And uh, although they have some very strict policies about air gapping technology and and not allowing uh, mobile devices to to have, uh, have access, um, the usage and parameters are, are very much the same. So I would consider um, the definition of multi-housing for Dormacaba being market rate and where people congregate um, multiple families under one roof, if that makes sense. Yes. And multi-housing spans a, an array of markets I didn't consider, like you mentioned, such as military and elderly communities. That's amazing. Yeah. it's uh, And it's a growing demographic. So it's something to pay attention to. As you've, as you've seen, college uh, enrollment is up dramatically, which is why there's been such a surge in off-campus student housing. What, what colleges have found is that they're, they're pretty good at putting uh, students into learning uh, capacity, but beds and food and, and management like that is kind of outside their purveyance. They're, they're not great at it. 
so what off-campus and privatized student housing has been able to do is offer to take that away from them uh, and manage it for them and enter into partnerships that is uh, mutually symbiotic to, to their, um, their benefits. And what relationship needs to exist between security technology and connectivity when it comes to providing service and relevant future-ready access solutions? So when I speak to decision makers, owners, and developers of multi-housing properties in, in all of the, uh, the verticals I, I pre-mentioned, uh, they've all said, most that, that, that I speak to on this subject have said that probably the two most important things today that they look for is uh, secure access control and connectivity. Uh, the secure access control, um, cybersecurity, making sure that we have end-to-end uh, -end secure relationships between our mobile devices, our computers, and that access protocol that is uh, allowing or not allowing the people to uh, go in who, where, and when. Um, that's extremely important. And it's, it's, it's almost self-explanatory in today's day and age in that access control on your single family residence is, is of heightened mind. You hear more and more these days about how, you know, the, a hacker may have gotten in through, uh, for example, in, in, in the target scenario, they got in through an HVAC. Uh, so that security and, and those firewalls are extremely important. However, the new demographic today also is asking for connectivity. Um, times have changed and, and, and we need to change with it. Um, Pre-pandemic, post-pandemic, pandemic, there was a lot of need for uh, deliveries. Um, people have gotten used to deliveries. Um, they've gotten used to inviting people over and providing them access remotely. Um, you have folks that provide um, um, real-time um, real uh, awareness of who goes, uh, who's in their apartments, for example. We have partners that are working, for example, with Walmart and their delivery drivers will stock your refrigerator, but also wear a camera so that you can see what they're doing. That's the connectivity. That's the connectivity that you have to be aware of and, and integrate into your access protocol, the access, secure access protocol that allows you to, to provide security and a sense of um, being safe, both for management companies, it's protecting management and the resident, while also allowing those uh, folks to feel that they're correct, uh, connected to the broader world. Because as more and more people start working from home, uh, they're, uh, they're looking to have that connectivity more readily available um, without having to um, necessarily sacrifice their, their security to it. That's a wide range of levels and scales of access controls and connectivity from the individual to the apartment building to it, the it, network system. It really is. It really is. And it's getting more complicated every day, right? Um, as, you, as you look at it, you really have to be cognizant of selecting partners that take that security and that connectivity into, into, into play. That is a lot. Uh, mm -hmm. so, so how can the relationship 
between security technology and connectivity be established? And who are the key contributors and what do they need to do? So when you're looking at access control providers, so there, there's, there's two pieces here. You have the access control providers and what we would consider the connectivity provider, right? So maybe an aggregator, somebody that takes different capabilities and, and melds them together. So as Dormacaba provides access control and door hardware, both mechanical and electronic, there are other software platforms out there that offer things like uh, remote touring, right? Self-guided tours or building links and uh, offering maintenance packages, things like that. So you have to consider all of these players and how you select the best at each individual lever, uh, level. Uh, so, so in terms of Dormacaba, we are a end-to-end -end secure platform. We own our capabilities, uh, both uh, internally to Legic, which is our, um, our app provider. They provide a absolutely secure end-to-end -end platform when using the mobile device. And to make sure the mobile device is the connectivity provider. So you really have to be very, very sure that, that when you choose a relationship between connectivity and, and access control, that you have a partner that has the ability to ensure end-to-end -end secure encryption, that there's, there's no layers there that can be exploited by bad actors, okay? And so the key contributors are that access provider, right? Uh, I would urge you to look at manufacturers that own their software, that make their own hardware. They don't third party out, right? Because there's always something there that can be exploited without uh, really the dedicated uh, internal uh, vision. Uh, and then the key contributors uh, on the other side of that, the aggregators, Look for folks that are, again, are very, very cognizant of their security. They're not monetizing data, right? We don't monetize data. Uh, they're not selling your information, those types of things. Um, but again, make sure that they are very secure from end to end and they have a uh, manufacturing partner that does same. What types of credentials exist today? What we see now, um, the way that the multi-housing vertical has has grown is that it initially started with hard keys which is a credential okay a brass key we all see them maybe you don't see them as much as you used to but we all see them that brass key was inherently insecure when you had the capability of copying that key at the local hardware store you may have rented to one person that one person made 10 keys now you're rented to one person but they're using 10 times everything, right? So in order to move that credential to a more secure and manageable platform, they went to a, a fob, okay? A, a prototypical key fob, like I'm showing you here that you can't see on the radio. Yeah. So a, a prototypical fob now allows you to manage who you're renting to. If you took a fob to your local Home Depot and said, I need another one, they couldn't help you, right? So that brought the management company to the forefront and now they really know how many folks are renting and they picked up a couple of parking spots because once you started handing out fobs 
folks came in and said, you know, I can no longer have three other roommates subletting. I opened up some parking spots. Okay. So that, that naturally moved to the second iteration of credentials, which is FOBs. Okay. And FOBs in and of themselves have started to migrate to more secure formats. It started with prototypical RFID or, or radio frequency identification until it had more and more secure pathways. Uh, we at Dormacaba have now migrated to uh, a Desfire EV2, EV3, which is a very, very secure platform without boring uh, everyone about how, uh, how it is secure and, and AES encryption and like that, but it's it, FOBs in and of themselves, credentials, uh, credential FOBs have continued to migrate to more and more secure platforms, but also allow more and more things to be done with them. Open formats that allow you know, to add, for example, um, in uh, on-campus housing, your school pass can open a door, it can pay for your food, and it can get you a ride on the bus, right? So those are the credentials. That's what FOB credential allows you to do. So those are the first two. You have hard keys that migrated to FOBs. FOBs then became part and parcel to a little advancement we call mobile devices, right? So our mobile device came out and, and as if you're my age, you use a flip phone or a Qualcomm. Well, with the new smartphone, you now have the ability to use the BLE or the NFC function, uh, low energy Bluetooth or near field communication to speak to appropriate access devices. So we've gone from the capability of a FOB, which is still in high use today, primarily probably the most used, to mobile devices. Mobile devices open you up for many, many other things. First of all, it communicates real time via the web or via the internet, however you want to speak to it, via uh, your SIM card. You can program things on the fly. You can do many, many more things with that. The lock has to reflect that capability, of course. It has to have BLE built in or NFC built in, and it has to be programmed to accept that mobile device. But once that's established, there's many, many more things you can do in terms of scheduling, in terms of uh, making sure who goes where and when, in terms of tracking, uh, knowing uh, if somebody was trying to, to get in appropriately, et cetera, et cetera. So you have many more uh, capabilities and more, many more secure capabilities with a phone, again, because of that tracking. You can also geofence, which allows a door to accept your credential when you're in a near field all those types of things. So it opens it up and, and we're just starting to really leverage the capabilities of a mobile device and, and access control. We're just starting, okay, with, especially with the advent of, of Apple Wallet and things like that. So really we're just starting this. Uh, it's, I would say it's a, it's, a, it's a young teenager in terms of its maturity, okay, and mobile devices. And then finally, there's PIN code. Uh, PIN code, where, while has been around probably as long as brass keys, right? You've seen the, 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 the push button locks in, in airports and things like that. Um, never really had a huge impact in multi-housing um, because it is probably uh, even more so than, than brass keys, the most insecure platform. And simply put is that if I have a PIN code and I say to uh, a person, my pin is one, two, three, four. You now know my pin. You can tell 10 people and you don't even have to go to the hardware store to get a key. You just know, okay? 
So with the advent of connectivity, what we have found is that there has been a bit of a sacrifice in security for convenience. And as long as your access protocols and your safety protocols built into your software, into your solutions, and into your, your, your interrogation processes, as long as you have that in place, you have the ability to really uh, be a much more secure PIN code user. And of course, PIN being a longer digit sum, right? Four PIN digit, not the greatest. Five is a little better. Six is the best. Seven's the best. And you know, when people say, hey, seven digit code seems a lot longer than it should be. And I say, well, that's the length of your phone number. Um, and you don't forget that. So uh, yeah, so that really there's, there's, there's been an advent of five different credentials that are progressing through. Um, and interestingly enough, there are still several locks out in the, in the world today that require all five. Uh, simply put is that a brass key is often um, wanted by property management because if they say, if, if the battery dies, I still wanna be able to get in. Now there's, hard, there's, there's jumpstart battery packs and things like that, but if somebody on the inside, before they left, took the batteries out, well, now you still have to get in. So a hard key will always work. It doesn't require any energy, right? So a hard key plus the other three credentials, which is PIN code, FOB, and mobile, you now have a, a really, really uh, wide range of capacities on the lock. And when selecting that capability, if that's important to you, uh, look for a manufacturer that allows all four or all three functionalities to exist in a lock. Um, Dormacaba specifically has solutions that allows pin, fob, and phone and hard key, if you order it that way, to exist within one lock set. Uh, and that's every lock set within your platform. Okay, that's every, that's resident units, back of house, common areas, et cetera, et cetera. And that's sold as a single product. Yeah, it's sold as a single product. In fact, at Dormacaba, we, we appreciate the opportunity to work with our partners to uh, provide them a full solution from, again, let us help design your property, both electronically and mechanically, so that we know that form, finish, and function is all appropriate to uh, what you're trying to achieve at, at, at site level. Um, so you mentioned all these options and choices. How does a property owner or manager determine what they need? So a property owner or manager determines what they need by first reviewing how advanced they want their building to be, right? What level of building are they? Are they a very high luxury tenant, uh, resident um, usage? Are they, um, are they uh, you know, common area, uh, agnostic, that type of thing? So um, they would really sit down and look at what their, their demographic is, how they want to, to um, appropriately provide to the unit. And also, you know, they, they have to look at where they're building. Okay, different cities, different municipalities have different codes. Um, the, the reality on that question, on how they determine what they need, is they ask for a consultation with one of our Dormacaba multi-housing managers. 
We are very well tenured out in, out in the field. Um, and with a, with a couple of basic questions on how they want to manage their property, we can provide a, a very good solution that tailors to their, to their needs. Needs are wide ranging. There, it, it, you can't say, hey, here's how you figure out what your needs are. You have to really understand the property. You have to understand what their go-to-market needs are. You have to understand their demographics, where they're located, um, what their municipality is, what their codes are. There's a lot of different things that you have to consider. What is the finish? What is the form? What is the function? Do you want a single solution to run it all? Do you want to use an aggregator, right? Do you want to use an aggregator? Would you want to use a solution that is Wi-Fi connected all the time, giving you real-time 24-7 access control? Um, you have to figure out all those things in advance, well in advance, so that you can uh, plan accordingly. What should a multi-housing property look for in an access solutions provider in order to meet current and future needs? So a, a multi-housing owner, developer, uh, when looking for an access solutions provider for, for current and solutions, uh, current and future needs, should always consider a provider that has a established track record within the industry. Uh, understand that we have provided a solution that has worked in the past. We have a, a very solid base of operations uh, currently and uh, are very concerned with uh, new technologies and supporting that in, in the very uh, in, the, in the future, both near and far. Um, also, make sure that uh, a, a they are providing you a, a certified integrator um, listing. We are one of the only manufacturers out there that require anyone that sells Dormacaba to go through an extensive three-day training that ensures that when a owner developer accesses Dormacaba through a certified integrator, they uh, have the ability to not only get the right product, but they can lean on them for support secondarily, um, if there's questions, if there's a, a need to uh, modify or um, grow the system, that, that, you can, that you can count on that. Um, again, as I said before, whatever access uh, you, you determine to use, make sure that the credentials that are being used are appropriate for um, what you're looking for. If that's PIN code, if that's PIN code plus mobile device plus uh, FOB, make sure that that device handles all three at the same time and you don't have to mix and, and pick um, and uh, make sure specifically that they are secure end to end. Ask them for their security documents. Make sure that um, anytime that there's an access provided within that lock through a mobile device um, that we are protecting it um, securely, um, again, end to end. That's extremely, extremely important. Also, make sure that they provide every access point with a, uh, an appropriate lock. Uh, whatever that lock form may be, whether it's deadbolt, interconnect, mortise, uh, panic trim, reader, or even just a lever itself through a single door prep, uh, make sure that they can provide the complete solution for every single door there, including long-range readers and gates and transcoms for, uh, for garages and things like that. Make sure that they uh, manufacture that themselves. 
they're not uh, OEM third party. Make sure that they have uh, a very good, solid delivery support system that if uh, there's a pandemic, for example, that your lead times don't go out 52 weeks that you know you may have increased lead times, but you can still provide, right? Provide every access point, make sure that uh, it's secure end to end and make sure that they have uh, very good structured support systems and, and, and control systems in place. Well, thank you for all this information, Tom. This has been really interesting and a little bit scary too. <laughs> <laughs> it's not as scary as it seems. <laughs> As long as you leave the uh, uh, the access to the professionals, and we are the professionals, right? We've been doing it for well over twenty years. We were the uh, we were the in fact the inventor. Uh, as many people have said uh, that they had the best idea ever and were the first in the business, we can actually go back and prove it uh, from from twenty years ago. And and you know we're very good at what we do, and hopefully we can take a lot of that fear out. You know, once you get into it, once you understand it and, and see how we're protecting you and we take the fear out of it, I believe. We're ready for whatever opening you may have. Dormacaba is a global leader in access control and, and you know, we're keeping the world safe and secure for, for every place that matters. Wonderful. Well, thank you to Dormacaba for sponsoring this podcast episode. And thank you to our audience for listening to this episode of the Smart Buildings Technology Podcast, which was produced by Endeavor Business Media. If you liked what you heard and want to hear more, please leave us a review and hit our subscribe button. Thank you. Thank you, Tom.